glad to have y'all with us this morning. Um, I don't see any visitors. Looks like everybody is uh, is uh, a regular. Glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, just reminders that uh, uh, we have the connect cards if any visitors do come in. Also, uh, Wednesday night we'll be meeting in the fellowship hall with Scott. He'll be leading the Wednesday night group with, of adults. And then the kids and the teenagers will be in their meetings as well. Uh, next Sunday, uh, Scott will be speaking in here. And uh, then on the 28th, Wednesday the 28th, uh, we're going to be excusing uh, Wednesday night's service and leaving it open for you to go to camp meeting if you care to. Uh, we do have plans to take a van or two as needed. So if you'd like to sign up to take a ride down to Camp Pollock on Wednesday night, please uh, let Nancy know so that she can put you on the list and uh, just be in prayerful consideration about that. Go hear some camp meeting preaching. Uh, as far as giving this morning, if you uh, need to give, you can go online uh, at cypressstreet.church slash give, or you can drop a check or uh, whatever back in the box in the back wall. In line with uh, Ray's message this morning, I try to pick out a couple of scriptures to go along with uh, his theme. Philippians 2, 12 through 16, this side of the NIV. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. This is Paul speaking. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation still sounds like what we have today. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And if you want to flip back to Jeremiah chapter 17, 17, 8, also out of the NIV. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Those that trust will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. Let's have a quick prayer 
for the service. Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning, a chance to come out and be in your house, gather together, fellowship, hear your word. Father, we ask that you will speak to our hearts this morning. We thank you that you are with us and that you've planned for this moment in time for ever. And we pray that you will lead us, guide us, direct our paths, continue to draw us close to you, continue to speak to our hearts, and teach us the way that we need to go. Help us to never retire in this life, but to continue to work for the kingdom. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. If you're able, why don't you stand with us as we begin our worship service this morning with a beautiful song, How Great Is Our God. Splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at
another beautiful song about the depth of our Father's love. How deep the Father's love for us.
All right, somebody did stay. That's good. I'm glad y'all didn't all go to children's church. Never too old. Yep. Glad to have uh, our speaker this morning, Ray Owens, back with us, Brother Ray Owens, in uh, the midst of his busy summer schedule, and we uh, we appreciate his sticking with us and and helping us through uh, this interim time and uh, sharing good messages with us. Uh, we have a good long list of prayer needs this morning. Uh, some may have gotten the, uh, uh, the special request this morning for Betty Green. Uh, they found that she has COVID. And uh, so they're isolated for a while. Um, but uh, pray that uh, she will have a, a good recovery and not a serious case. Others on the list... Uh, Brother Ger Jerry Crane uh, still needs our prayer and, uh, and the doctor's guidance in, uh, in the steps that they want to take. And uh, Brother Crane's uh, continued uh, recovery, especially for the dialysis treatments. Also think of Larry Lawson this morning, uh, Ken McConnell, and uh, Reverend Carl Owens, uh, that uh, God will be with him in, in his days th this week. Be with the speaker this morning as he brings a message that we should thrive at 85, and he'll explain that to you. Uh, and let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and have prayer. Father God, we, we thank you this morning that uh, you are who you are. The Bible says, I am. And we believe that you are the one you have been all along. And we thank you that you are with us and that you care for us. Um, that your loving kindness is with us, that your grace has been extended to us, and we thank you for your love. We pray that you will continue to lead us and uh, that your spirit will share with us daily as we need uh, guidance and the words to say to others around us and uh, the leading uh, of our young people and those in the society that that need a uh, a voice of reason in uh, this day and age. Pray that you'll be with these uh, that have special physical needs this morning: uh, Brother Crane, Larry Lawson, uh, Betty Green, Brother Owens. Kim McCarlin. We pray that you will uh, give them a special touch this morning, that you will help in their care and their uh, the medical care that they receive, and that they will uh, have some relief today, especially 
as they think about you. Be with these other needs that are mentioned to our young people. Uh, COVID has struck a wicked blow on church attendance across the country and around the world. And we pray that you will encourage your people to uh, not only return to the fellowship wherever they are, but that they will participate and and, uh, take a hand in the worship services. We pray that you will be with those who need a, a mental lift today. Some are going through difficult times uh, with family, friends, with neighbors, with co-workers. Uh, some have struggles with them themselves. And we pray that you will uh, give us all a lift and uh, embolden us for your work and encourage us for the days ahead. Give us the strength that we need to be your people in this world uh, and that, uh, that you will give us what we need to go from day to day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's good to see each of you in the house of the Lord today. Um, and it's good to be here. Would you turn me down just a little bit? Thank you. This might be last month's water. I don't know for sure. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I brought my own brand. It's uh, no label. It was probably two ninety nine for 24 or something like that. Um, it's good to be here. A couple things I want to share. Uh, I actually look forward to coming back and seeing each of you. And uh, um, I, I really do miss you guys. I don't know why I'm falling in love with y'all. I tried not to. It just happened, I guess. You guys are very lovely people. It's good to see some of you I hadn't seen in a while. Um, when the music started playing for the kids, I don't know what it is about me, but I want to just kind of skip out and go to that music. Just makes you want to get up and do something and all that. So I, I, I want to thank you for that. I'm not sure right now. That I looked at my schedule briefly when the next time I'm here, uh, but I think it's on a Wednesday night. It's just. Um, I've got some commitments uh, to speak. I also want to praise the Lord. Uh, Lord willing, Tuesday, actually tomorrow at 3, we'll make a final tour of Brooks' home in Dallas. And uh, the closing is at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. In fact, I think Dana and I will be doing the final walkthrough because Brooke and Scott uh, are in Nashville packing. And uh, she got caught up in the Southwest Airlines uh, canceling all their flights for two or three days. And so I had to get her on another flight. Just a lot of obstacles to go through. But anyway, getting a home in Dallas is, the odds are about like winning the Louisiana lottery. Uh, so it really is a miracle. Really a miracle. It took us about 12 weeks. And, uh, and uh, the other miracle I shared Wednesday a few weeks ago is it appraised for actually a little more than what we were giving, which uh, hasn't happened uh, to our realtor anyway in nine months because of what's going on over there. So I want to give God the glory and the praise and like the wonderful song, it's all because of Him. Everything that happens is because of Him. I've also been asked to share something that's dear to my heart, and that is Camp Pollock. Um, 
you know, many of you here, I know, had been to Camp Pollock when you were younger, and some of you uh, maybe later in years. Camp Pollock is uh, just north of Pollock, Louisiana. It's owned by the Church of God, and then when we kind of divested, we actually have two campgrounds. So it's an independent association within the uh, Church of God, and it has, uh, we have four youth camps every year, and then an adult uh, camp meeting. Uh, this coming week is the uh, eighth and ninth grade camp, which is one of the most radical, wild ones that Richard Riles and Steve Cape put on. Uh, pretty insane camp. And then the following week, the 28th through the 31st, we have our state camp meeting. Due to COVID at the time we were planning it, we didn't even know if we could have it. So we cut it down to uh, three nights, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday uh, morning. And um, so they've asked me to speak uh, Wednesday night and Bart, Dr. Bart Riggins Thursday night, Steve Nelson, our state minister, on Friday night. So that's kind of what's going on. But I wanted to share with you, we take an annual offering, it used to be called Louisiana for Christ. Uh, this offering this year is a little more critical because with COVID, uh, we partner in ministry with several other organizations. As you know, around the country, if you know anything about this, campgrounds are being sold left and right. Um, you know, the church is struggling. Uh, I think we just had the first surveys that came out that said for the first time less than half of the Americans even affiliate with Christianity. So we're no longer a Christian nation. We knew that for some time, but it's official. And there's a lot of struggles. But uh, Camp Pollock's a positive light, and as long as it makes a difference, we want to keep it. As of the three camps, 15 children have accepted the Lord first time already in three weeks. Uh, I, I like this. I, I just got a text this morning from our state secretary, Thea Elizabeth uh, Williams, who was camp director. She said she had a parent tell me that when she picked up her daughter and they were driving home uh, Friday, that she wanted to study the Bible. And she said, really? She said, yep, I made plans to study the Bible and I'm going to be accountable to three other students across the state. And she goes on to say, we planted some seeds this week that will what? Go grow for eternity. How much is one soul worth? How much is 15 souls worth? How much is somebody that dedicates himself to, to reading the Word? You know, these are, these are, by the way, high school kids that did that. That's a high school kid. So, Camp Pollock's pretty powerful. I believe in it. I've dedicated a lot of time and energy and money toward it personally. But next Sunday, you guys will be joining um, many of the churches that already have taken an offering. And um, I just ask you to pray about it. If you know you won't be here next week, um, I'm sure that uh, maybe Mike and Carolyn, y'all will get a text out or something. It'll remind people. But you can give anyway if you're not going to be here. But we really need it because one of the things that's been awesome about Camp Pollock is we partner with some other organizations that can't afford a camp, but they believe in Jesus Christ. And they're our partners in ministry. And they even come to work days. They don't own it, but they come and pour in. And that is about $50,000 a year in income. And there were none last year. And there was only one this year. So we'd worked so hard to get Camp Pollock financially stable. And we had arrived. That was my first goal when I became a 
chairman, and we got him, and then COVID hit, and now we're struggling again, you know. Um, and so uh, I would appreciate you praying about that and supporting Camp Pollock. It's a good thing. That'll be next week. So just want to share that with you. So, uh, we've already received many offerings. In fact, Friday night they usually uh, have a big deal where churches take their offering down. And I told Carolyn if it gets collected or something, I'll try to get by Monday or Tuesday and get it and make sure it gets in there Friday. If, if there's someone else going down, that's great. I think some of you may even be coming down Wednesday night. A lot of churches are going to be doing that uh, as well. So I can't preach the same sermon to you, I guess, uh, next week. Mm, that's too bad. I should have thought of that. Um, actually, I, I, I know I'm being taped and all that, but... I don't want to speak. I've turned down speaking. I've already had opportunities to speak at camp meetings and a lot of big events. And I really wanted other folks to do it, but, um, but this year they wanted us to do that. So uh, God's given me a message and pray for me that I'll just fine tune it and get into what I need to share. Okay, if you have your outline there, it's a real simple outline. I uh, want to speak to you on Thrive at 85. And I don't want to ask you to raise your hand if you're 85. Um, if I ask you to, if you raise your hand at times you feel like you're 85, yeah. uh, all of us 45-year-old, 40-year-olds and up would raise our hands. But this is corny, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. So signs you're getting older. Everything hurts. And what doesn't hurt doesn't work. If it don't hurt, it don't work. The gleam in your eyes is really from the sun hitting your bifocals or trifocals or quadfocals. Or you might really do like me and you just get progressives, you know, so you're, <laughs> you're doing this. You're sitting in a rocking chair, but it's really hard to get it going. I got in one at uh, one of the restaurants that has rocking chairs and it kind of went too far back and I couldn't get it to go back. <laughs> it was funny. Your knees buckle, but your belt won't. Ooh, I resemble that. Ooh, that's tough. You sink your teeth into a steak, and they stay with the steak. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> you're asleep, but sometimes your spouse comes in and wonders if you're dead. Uh, your back goes out more than you go out. Uh, you enjoy hearing about other people's operations. And that's the Christian version. Honestly, as you get older, I remember going to the nursing home and seeing my grandfather. Many of you know I called him Papa Owens, and that's why I'm Papa Owens to my grandson, is he was my buddy. And very one of the few things I'm very, very proud of in my life is I was very faithful to going to seeing him, took him to church almost every Sunday, and was very, very close to him. And I remember what the folks in the nursing home talked about. And it was about bodily functions, so there's something to be said for that. And I guess I'm getting there. People call at 8 p.m., and the first thing is, did I wake you? <laughs> I'm going to skip the last one. It's kind of gross. So somebody said, old age is when you have it all together, you just can't remember where you put it. Oh, my goodness, I hate that. I'm starting to forget things. I misplace stuff. And of course, the famous one where your wife says, hey, would you go get me some ice cream? And you go to the kitchen, and about 10 minutes later, you come back with breakfast or something. And she said, well, where's my toast? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's just sort of what happens. And it's funny to talk about. So, 
In Joshua 14 on your outline, Caleb is 85. That's where we're getting the 85 from. Caleb is 85. And at verse 6, he begins to speak to Joshua. There's Joshua and Caleb. So I'll read this uh, for you. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephana, the Kenzanite, came to uh, Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barna. I was 40, year, 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly, I want to pause just a minute with wholeheartedly. In fact, if you underline that word, you'll find there's several times in these texts that you just have on your outline. Wholeheartedly. What that means is completely, sincerely devoted, determined, enthusiastic, complete earnest commitment, free from all reserve or hesitation. That's what the word wholeheartedly means. So he's saying, I completely, 100% with all that I am, followed the Lord. You know, that's a little thing in there that you can kind of just pass over, but that's powerful. I don't know how many of us can say we are 100% enthusiastically serving the Lord. Wow. So, he continues. Verse 9, so that day Moses solemnly promised to me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now as you can see the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised all these 45 years since Moses made this promise even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I am 85 years old. So he says, I'm, I'm celebrating my 85th birthday. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on a journey. Wow. I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Listen to this. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me, the high ground. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. What a neat story. What a neat story. I want to tell you if you read other parts before and after you'll see Joshua offered Caleb the valley and the real rich area. But he chose the high land where all the big giants were and the big forts and all that. And at 85, he's ready to go prove that with he and God, he could do it. Beautiful story. Let's pray. 
Father God, take this Word and the Scriptures we share and the things you've laid on my heart. And Father, there's so many things on all of our minds, each and every one of us. God, can we focus in on what the Holy Spirit is trying to share from you to us? Speak to us. Give us joy in knowing how much you love us. Give us encouragement. Give us hope. And yes, Lord, challenge us that we might walk out of this place equipped and committed to thrive for you. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said. So, brief history. What happened back there at Kadesh? Y'all all know the story, if, or most surely you do. Moses sent out 12 spies, and they were to scout the promised land. They'd been wandering in the wilderness for a while, and, you know, God had been providing. And they come up, and they pick one person from each tribe, that's why there were 12, and he sent them across. And after 40 days, the men came back to give a report, and they got there, and then they split up into groups and teams and went different directions. And there's good news and bad news. How many of you know there's always good news and bad news? Do you like the good news first or the bad news first? You know, that's always a good question. The spies reported that the land was indeed, just as God had said, flowing with milk and honey. And you say, what does that mean? Well, they literally brought back grapes that they had to put the clump of grapes on a pole and carry it with two men. Now, there were giants in the land, so I guess they had giant grapes. I don't know. Um, pomegranates, all this stuff so the people could sample it, taste it, all that thing. So, it was indeed what God had promised. The promised land lived up to His name. It was worth the trek in the wilderness. That was the good news. Now, the bad news. The cities were fortified like huge, tall walls. I personally have seen Jericho where it was. They built it already up on a mountain, and then they had the giant walls that are up there. That was their security. There were giants in the land. Um, they literally, even the Bible says, the Jewish people felt like grasshoppers to them. They, they were just giants. You know, they were huge. So, ten of the spies concluded there's no way that us Jews who are wandering around eating manna burgers, you know, and all that stuff in the wilderness that we could take them on. No way. So they spread a bad report. But two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, the one that the two that are talking uh, in our scripture, they saw it differently because they believed that with God they could do it. And that's kind of what happened. So they, they remembered God's promises and everything they saw was just what God promised. So they thought that it could happen. But guess what? The people gave in to their fear. The ten won. And then they were sentenced to wander for 40 years. 40 days over there. 40 years they had to wander in the wilderness. And that whole generation had to die off. If you read the story and you have more time, you realize God was ready to nuke all of them. And I don't blame him. Y'all, you're lucky I'm not God. 
I'd nuke myself. Okay, I'm just saying. And guys, he was God's ready to nuke them all and said, "I tell you what, out of you, Moses, I'll create a new people. You know, at least there'll be good genetics or whatever. You know." And Moses said, "No, don't do that, God. Please." You know, and quoted by the way to God his own scriptures and things like that. So God said, okay, but I'll tell you what, none of the people that chose the bad route are going to go over there, except for Joshua and Caleb. Now there's many lessons here, but here's one you need to not forget, especially in the United States of America and in our culture today, and that's this. The majority is not always right. I want to repeat that. The Democratic vote or the majority is not always right. Often the majority is dead wrong, and in this case they were dead wrong. While people were making up their minds, Caleb gave an impassionate plea in Numbers 14.9, and I'm going to read it to you from the message just because I like the wording of it. This is, this is uh, 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 Caleb given a plea when they were making that decision after the spies came back. Just don't rebel against God, he said, and don't be afraid of those people. Why, we'll have them for lunch. That's what it says. I like that. They have no protection, and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. And if you read it, that's pretty much what it says, even in one of the more traditional versions. In other words, Caleb saw the problems, he saw the walls, he saw the giants, he saw everything uh, the ten spies did. In fact, he went to the cities that were in the high area that were even more uh, hard to penetrate. So he wasn't denying the report. He knows it's going to be a tough fight, but Caleb had a vision and a belief that God was big. He believed that. He believed God. He understand this. One person following God is always in a majority. Do you understand what I'm saying? You could have the whole world and one person in God and there's victory. And I think sometimes we need to remember that. It's as if he's saying, come on boys, strap it on, get your swords, grab your helmets, let's go take this land. Rah, rah, come on. You know, and you see all the video games and all this stuff. Rah, and they all run, you know, the Hollywood movies. They all run. There you go. But because the people gave in to their fears, we talk about the 40 years. Slowly the whole unbelieving generation died off. The only ones left were Joshua and Caleb. This morning I wrote this down. I kind of feel sorry for some of the younger men, the wives and the children, because I want you to think about it. I'm from the tribe of, say, um, Levite. And my spy comes back and says, oh no, it's terrible, we can't do it, we can't do it. And my daddy says, no, we can't do it. And you know what I mean? Papa says we can't do it. You know, all that stuff. And so I just go along and, you know, we can't do it and all that. And, and, and especially the older ones that, you know, but didn't make a decision. John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. Because leaders make bad decisions, a lot of innocent people suffer. 
and that's a reality. That's why God challenges, and that's a challenge to me as a parent and a grandparent, and I want to challenge you, let the Word of God speak to your heart. That's a challenge in the decisions we make. And there's a lot of decisions that each parent today makes between honestly good things, pretty good things, not quite as good a thing, are the best thing. And it's tough today. I struggle with it. I worry about the generation coming up because I praise God when I was coming up. You went outside and played or kids came over to your house and played and we made sticks into guns and we played in the dirt and some of your older generation know what I'm talking about. We had no video games and what little TV we had growing up was black and white, meaning the there was not color when you looked at it. And it wasn't nothing like today. It was kind of rounded. Do y'all remember those days? And when you pull the TV on, a dot came on the middle and then it, and then it came up like that and made noises. You know, made you to hear it. Literally, I could be in another room. I had very good hearing as a child. Still do, but very, very good. Almost too good. And I could hear high electronic pitches. And when the dogs would, when we were in Kansas, they have alarms go off every Monday at noon uh, for tornadoes. They practice them. And all the dogs in town go, ooh. And to be honest, I wanted to do the same thing. I don't know. Maybe I had a little werewolf in me. I don't know. But my point is, I, I could hear somebody turn the TV on. I'd hear, I'd hear it. I'd be in another room. And that's what we watched. And the movies, the shows we watched then, you could literally watch in church today. You know, Father Knows Best. Leave it to Beaver. I mean, you know, all that. And then we got a little risque and we watched the Wild Wild West. Occasionally gun smoke. And I remember some parts of gun smoke. My parents said, close your eyes. And of course I did. What's on TV now? We would have died. We would have been so embarrassed. And our kids today are growing up with a, you know, a culture, bless their hearts, where it's, you know, so much screen time and so highly addictive and so involved. And so now there's not communication. And there's danger in it, which some of you well know. And all this stuff that's going on, we're not, you know, I'm, I'm very concerned. So that's why I say the decisions that we make as parents, the boundaries we put on have generational consequences. Now, I'm not trying to put pressure on us, but I think we need to realize we do need to make good decisions and we need to seek God and we need to pray and we need to seek counsel and wisdom. They made a bad decision. Fast forward 45 years. 45 years. Some of you aren't even 45 years old. Or I'm being nice. <laughs> On your outline, Numbers 14, 24. But because my servant, this is what God says about Caleb in Numbers. God says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him to the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. That's the promise. 
I want to be like Caleb. Oh, that God would say that about me and you. Ray Owens has a different spirit. He really serves the Lord. And I want to tell you, man, here, I want to just say this to the men. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And you need to do that when you do it. You know, if you're a judge, you can hit your gavel. We need men to stand up and be men. Now, if you're a single mom, unfortunately, you're the man, the woman, and everything else. And God's word said God gives you actually extra grace. And I believe you can make that commitment and God will be with you in a powerful way. I love the fact that there is no gender to God. There's no longer in Christ Jesus, male nor female, Jew or Greek or race or anything. We're all in him and we're all to follow his word and his spirit. Amen. So on your outline, number one, Caleb believed God when others wouldn't. I want you, my goal, I feel in this message is for you to do the same thing, is for you to believe God even when others won't. And let me tell you, this is easy because now over 50% of the people don't believe in him. So now you get to do it. Now, honestly, when I was growing up in Monroe, Louisiana in the, you know, late 50s and 60s, I'll be honest, 1850s and 60s. <laughs> anyway, when I was growing up, did you know what? Everybody was a Christian. Everybody went to church. I think I remember there was one person in our whole neighborhood that didn't go to church and we'd always walk on the other side of the street. We didn't want lightning to strike. It, boy, I really don't know anybody in my neighborhood now that hardly goes to church. What a change in 45 years. <laughs> so, Caleb believed God when others won't. So, peer pressure, do you agree it can be a good thing or a bad thing, right? It's never easy to go against the crowd. It isn't. And you know, in high school, junior high is probably the worst, but in junior high and high school, you know good and well, they were cool kids, and there were all these different kind of kids, and it was peer pressure. And we think finally you grow up and you get over it, and you should, but you know what? No, we're not. If the neighbor gets a new lawnmower and it's pretty cool, and you're out there mowing with one of them old ones, you know, that does like this, you know, and, and all, pretty soon you gotta have you a bad boy or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? It's just fear. They get a new truck, you gotta have a new truck. Ladies, if they got a cool SUV, you go, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Their kids are wearing these cool clothes, you know. It's just peer pressure. If the people you know say that it can't be done, you got to admit it's hard to say up. No, you're wrong. That's hard. Joshua and Caleb stood up against ten other spies, and it was tough. And I understand why there would be doubters. I'm sure they were persuasive when they talked about the cities and the wall things and all that. Here's what I want you to know. Negativity and fear is contagious. If you want to write that down, you can, but I promise you, fear is as contagious as Delta variant of COVID. Fear is contagious. 
You can start negativity and fear. That's why scary movies and all that are popular. They're very contagious. They're addictive. They give you a thrill. That's why you ride the craziest roller coaster to, whoa, but I lived. It's funny, like, how many, there's not a sign that says how many people have died on this deal when you get on it. I promise you. Fear is contagious. And you know, they, they thought they couldn't win. That's how they were. And it was tough. And so you sit here, do I go with the 10 or the 2? It's human nature for people to follow the naysayers. Does that make it right? No, it doesn't make it right. If enough people repeat a lie, did you know it will become accepted? Now, I want to ask you something. Is this story relevant today? I sure hope somewhere in there you're going, Pastor Ray's preaching about Caleb back there, and it's exactly what's going on right now. I'll have to say it's fake news. Let me tell you, if you don't believe that, all you got to do is get the news media. In fact, if I could control the news media, I can pretty much control the country whether you're a dictator or a democracy. If you ever have the privilege to go to Israel, you want to go to the Holocaust Museum, they will probably mandate that on any tour anyway, and particularly one put on by the country. And I don't know, we only had two or three hours and I finally, you know, they started hitting the net, 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 gotta go, and I, I left. But if you go through it, there's some very touching places I won't get into, very emotional. But there's a place where it just starts as you walk through with the little stories of how a young man named Adolf Hitler got started and how he is the most unlikely to succeed, but how he rose to power. And basically he used media and fear and blaming the Jews, as you know, for everything who, by the way, were successful. You know what I'm saying? And you can see that. So whether it's the 20th century or the 21st century, this message today about fear being contagious and about constantly putting out the wrong thing and not ever putting out the Word of God, putting out all the wrong thing, how it's contagious and how it will change a nation. And of course at the end of it, the reason they do that by the way, go through all the history and at the end it says, all this is presented to you as facts, so it will never happen again. I don't no more believe it will never happen again because I hate to tell you I don't have confidence in human nature. I understand it too well. Only with God following God and His Word are we going to be safe. Are we going to follow it? It sounded perfectly reasonable from a human standpoint. If I was the news guy, I'd say, two idiots said that, but, you know, or like our news media, only interview all the negative people, never even go over there. And then they might have one network that goes over there and interviews them, you know, and then maybe the web interview, they only interview them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, do you see what I'm talking about? It's what we see today. But you know what? If God says, I will go with you, what does that do to the odds? 
What if God tells you that and you know it? The Word of God, which the Bible you have, or here's, I've got several versions of the Bible on this thing. Best thing this thing does, actually. It'll even read to you the Bible. Sometimes it just starts reading to me. I don't know, like, I think it's got a deal, like, every night it comes up and says, Have you read today? You're a bad boy. (laughs) I want to ask you a question. If God goes with you, if it's in God's Word and you've prayed about it, you've got advice, or in your heart you know it's right, and and you know God's with you, God's with you, this is the question. How can you lose I want to tell you, it's impossible to lose. If God's with you, it's impossible. It's impossible. I kind of flip to the words of Paul. What do you do with a Paul? Think about Paul. He goes, well, if you kill me and I die, I praise the Lord. I get to be with Jesus. And man, I get, we get to talk face to face instead of visions and knocking me off of donkeys and all that. We're face to face and all the saints and I get to see Elisha and Elijah and Moses and all these men. I can't wait. But if I could stay here, suffer a little more, I could bring a thousand more with me. And I get to show the power of God in a perverse tough generation with flesh that we all know he had a thorn in the flesh, struggles physically like every one of you have, some of you more than others, but we have that. Because if God's with you, there's no way you can lose. Number two, Caleb never let go of God's promise. Caleb never let go of God's promise. Caleb was 40 years old when he went to check it out. And after they made the choice and all that, he heard all the people's complaints. Here's a summary of them. I wish we were back in Egypt. Boy, is that crazy or what? I wish we were back in Egypt where they beat us and we had to work all the time building the pyramids and all. I'm sick of manna and quail. And I don't understand that because my grandson's never sick of chicken, Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and Johnny's Pizza. He's never gotten sick of those two things. I guess there's hope for him. Love you, Liam. Okay? And then others. Why are we going in circles? And there's a bunch of scriptures. Read this. Moses, you stink as a leader. And then God shows up and he glows and does all these amazing things. Hits the rock, water pours out. You know, whatever happens, whoo, he's the best, he's the best. And then the poles change two weeks later and he's not. If I were in charge, I'd get things organized. And there's a place that got so bad the earth opened up and all those people fell in. Wow. Read numbers. They complained it was just something. I bet you Joshua and Caleb, the last 40 years while they're wandering around, I mean, I bet they just, I don't know how they, they didn't have any medication. (laughs) They had to fight clinical depression, listen to all these people always going wishy-washy. 
And if you watch the news all the time, you'll need to take some medication. So be careful, be careful. My dad's on hospice and one of the few things that's going on is hospital beds right under where the TV is. And about the only time I hear CBS Evening News is because, you know, for years his TV, I think, goes to KNOE. He's still, he look, he's still looking for Judy Wagon. What, wag, Wagoneer? Wagner, yeah. <laughs> she had all the hair, you know. He's, he's still looking for that, <laughs> you know. And, and the only thing, you listen to that stuff and it's how terrible everything is. And I mean, once in a blue moon they'll have a positive story. I'll tell you what, if I had a lot of money, I'd start a new network and it would, it would have to have at least 50% of the stories, positive, life-changing stories. And I guarantee you, it would rule the networks. Just like anytime they have a good family show that's decent and great, it rules the, dominates the numbers. You follow what I'm saying? There's still hope. But now they're in the promised land. Moses is dead. The unbelieving generation's gone. General Joshua has led them through victory after victory. The whole land stretches out in front of them. And after 45 years, Caleb, suddenly silent for all those years, comes and steps forth. And we have the scripture that we just read. And somebody forgot to tell him he was too old. And he goes, I want the high country. Now, I'm going to tell you, I just love Caleb. I like that. And I think any guy, you know, loves that. Uh, there's an author that, to you seniors, that named Jack Graham that says, if you're not dead, you're not done. Do you believe that? If you're not dead, you're not done. God still has work for you to do. It's a different work, but it's work for you to do. Thirdly, Caleb wholeheartedly, wonder why we got that word. Wholeheartedly follow the Lord on your outline. By the way, it's because it's six times. Six times in Numbers and Joshua, we're told Caleb wholeheartedly served the Lord. That's his word. Okay? That's awesome. James Montgomery Bryce, Boyce, excuse me, preached on Caleb. He pointed out that great men tend to be simple men. They're men captured by one idea. Weak men tend to have divided loyalties. They're here, there, and everywhere. We've had leaders and presidents that's that way. Go by the polls, whatever's going on. But Caleb was a simple man at the core. He believed God. He remembered his promises. He saw what God did. And even in his whole old age, he was willing to accept those promises and go for it. When others were pulled seven different ways, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. He didn't consult the tracking poles. He didn't stick his finger up and see which way the wind's blowing. He didn't go on his app to see what the weather was going to say. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do anything like that. He didn't even ask his friends what they thought. Wow. Every day, I believe with all my heart, Caleb got up and said, in my heart, God, today, I want to serve you. May I not hear the negative. May I only hear your voice and then have your joy and your peace. What a beautiful thing to start the day with. I'm not a morning person. Is there anybody here not a morning person? Three of us, four of us, five. Okay. Maybe more than that. A few people are not sure yet because it's still morning. Uh, but... 
But I'm not a morning person. And I kind of take a little while to get going, you know. Again, I wish there were grease zerks, you know, because you're making, you know, and all this and go do your thing and get going. But I do have a better day when I, when I get up and go, Lord, oh, Lord. And I'm a list person and I have, you know, I got so much to do, you know. And I have to almost in my heart and mind go, Lord, today, Make sure I keep you number one. Make sure I accomplish. And Lord, help me accomplish the things on the list, you know. But be with me, guide me, direct me. That's what Caleb did. Maybe just maybe what really happened back there is the ten spies said, look how big those giants are compared to us. And Caleb said, but look how small they are compared to God. I want you to notice this. You can look at the same thing and see it two different ways. Remember the astronauts and the cosmonauts? There was a point where the astronauts were going one direction. I used to know all those terms, the other direction. And they crossed, and I think it was white. Christian, one of those said, oh my goodness, you know, this is early on. I see God everywhere. It's creation. It's glorious, you know, the it was one of those pictures of the earth where you know, it was real blue with the white clouds and the, you know, you know, and he was just impressed. And then Yuri, whatever his name was, goes, I see no God. That's probably the only English he knew. Looking at the same thing. The coward said, they're too big for us to fight. I love Caleb. They're too big of us, too big for our swords to miss them. I mean, you swing low, you get them. Swing high, you get them. And, you know, the bigger they are, the what? Harder they fall. Wow, I love that. You can look at it two different ways. Oh, God, help every one of you is my prayer to see it God's way. And see it, the glass half full and filling up, not half empty and going down. And I'm a melan- I've got some melancholy in me and I fight that all the time. <laughs> There's a poem about Caleb's story as I close. It says, he stood before Joshua with flashing eyes. Give me this mountain before I die. But Caleb, you're old and the mountain's high. Choose the peaceful spot on this plain to die. The people who live on the mountain are strong. The battle you fight will be bloody and long. His eyes never wavered as he spoke without fear. I've been promised this mountain for 45 years. And as for the people being mighty and tall, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. For it's not my strength on which I'm counting, for the Lord is going to give me that mountain. So let's quit talking while it's still light, for the Lord and I have a battle to fight. I love that. So at the bottom of your outline, let me look at it there, I've got, be encouraged. Let's keep going with Jesus and let God renew our strength, even at 85. Now, I'm smart enough to know that not every one of us in here are 85. But what I'm saying is, be encouraged. Let's keep going with Jesus Let God renew our strength even at, and you fill in the blank, 
even as a mother of four boys, even as a father of two girls or three girls or Lord help you, four girls or what, you know, whatever. Even as a grandparent with two wayward kids, the fact they're yours, they're wayward, right? Wayward kids and 25 grandchildren, whatever, whatever. Even with this physical problem, that physical problem, the economy, maybe COVID's coming back. I don't know. Whatever we face, be encouraged. Let's keep going with God because as long as God gives us breath this day, we say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to follow him today. And there is victory when we stay with that. Now, there may be 45 years. There's some, there's some moments in there. There's some lull times in there. But you stay faithful through it. And boy, is the prize worth it. I think it's worth it on this side, but I know it's worth it on the other side. Would you bow with me? Father God, I pray blessings on every person in this room. Holy Spirit, encourage them. Allow us to remember the story of Caleb and Joshua and how they trusted you saw that the land was one way, knew you would give them victory, believed in you, and never gave up on that promise you gave them. So God, in this room are many people that have dreams that you gave them. God, I pray that they never give up on that dream. God, I pray that you bless their dream, you bless their faithfulness, and every day, God, may we have little victories in that just that day, we live that day for you. And if we fail the next day, we go, okay, we're, we lost that battle, we're gonna win the next one. Oh, God, encourage these people. Encourage this pastor. Thank you, God, that it is because of you we have this hope and because of Jesus we have a unrestricted access to you at the throne of glory 24-7, 366. Thank you, Lord. And all God's people said. Amen. Second Corinthians 12, 9 states, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Won't you stand with us as we sing this beautiful song day by day? Every day.
Thank you, Brother Ray, for an encouraging message this morning. You'll just have to bear with me for a moment. But when I hear that we need to thrive at whatever age we are, and we need to trust in God for whatever, because He is who He says He is, then I believe that when I ask him to send us the right pastor to oversee the work of the church here at Cypress Street, I believe he will. <laughs> Obviously, he has his own timing. And who am I to question uh, me too. <laughs> but it may be tomorrow. It may be next week. And, and I believe that he's also preparing somebody to fill those shoes that we need standing behind this pulpit full time. And I believe that if it's a Joshua or Caleb or whoever, that he is preparing his heart to serve wholeheartedly. And that's the person <coughs> that we need here and we want here. And uh, be patient. Remember who's in charge. Uh, for those that have already had the uh, circle lesson this morning or that are about to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about God uh, and who He is and how wonderful He is and how in control he is, and how he's been uh, guiding destiny 
for longer than we've been alive, for longer than Caleb was alive, for longer than people have been around. And we know that according to Psalm 136, His loving kindness endures forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that uh, that you are that you are in charge that you are uh, have our best interests at heart that you want to draw us close to you that you want to have a people that are yours forever and we pray that you will help us to be faithful today and with the people that we live with that we will be positive and encouraging no matter what the main line or the majority want to sell today we know that uh, you have our best interests at heart and you have a plan and you love us and we thank you that you are taking care of yours and holding out for those who don't quite believe yet Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.